Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast with Pastor Nate Holdridge, where we discuss ways in which we can see Jesus famous in our lives. Today, we'll be discussing the book of Nehemiah and taking a look at how God renews his people. Nate, this won't be as much for people who are listening as much as for people who are viewing, but I just noticed today that black's a really good color on you. I don't know if it's weird to compliment another man on oh, thanks, man. his outfit, but from one man to another, black works for you. You know, I really appreciate it. Yeah, the Johnny yeah. Cash color. It's very Johnny Cash-ish. I'll just be honest, you know, I, I have a little bit of, uh, I'm a little bit colorblind. And really? So, yeah, I am. Like, uh, my, I, my family got me these navy blue pants a while okay. ago, and I love them. They're awesome. They just feel good, you know? Yeah. Kind of remind me of, like, I don't know, being a little kid back with my, like, dungaroos or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? Anyways, I I just have, like, I can't see them. And, like, I huh. just don't know what, like, I can't tell, like, what matches with them and yeah. stuff. So I always have to, so I just get tired of, like, asking, you know, yeah. hey, does this go? So I just love black because I'm like, yeah, I'm good. No thought. Just like, yeah, it just works. Yeah, black I'm on good. black. I'm good. That's so funny. Do you usually ask your girls, like, hey, is this going to work? Yeah, yeah. Christina will give me, you know, feedback. I had, I've had, i had to, like, uh, work with Christina because she's, like, a very uh, task-oriented person. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'll, like, roll out for church, you know, and I'm like, hey, is this cool? And she'll just, like, real quickly look over, like, yeah, looks great. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not getting, I don't feel like a real strong vote of confidence here. Cause I'm not sure that you really saw the whole Affirm jam, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, like you're signing off on this right now. You're mm-hmm. commissioning me out the door. Totally. I just want, you know, take an extra second, you know, so she'll, <laughs> she'll pause, you know, like, Oh I yeah. Okay. It. Well on second thought, don't yeah. do that. Uh, but yeah, my girls, they got some fun opinions. All. <laughs> I'll, I'll check in with them from time to time. Oh man, I can't wait till my little girl, who's only one year old right now, but I can't wait till she can give me some feedback. I'm looking yeah. for some feedback. The point will come where she just thinks you're ridiculous. I'm, you know, just I'm the fully stuff anticipating that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like dad, why? Just dad and just it. burn it. Yeah, yeah, restart. Oh man, well, black works for you. Hey, thank you for this message this week, Nate. Um, I've been loving this Nehemiah series. Last week, I had mentioned that, you know, when we're talking about God, you know, inviting us into the work, that that's like a really exhilarating part of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. But inevitably, there comes a moment in the Christian life where there's opposition. And Nehemiah 4 is where we kind of talk about that. And this is one of the harder yeah. parts of the Christian life. But the cool thing about Nehemiah 4 was that there was this whole thing going on in Nehemiah's mind where he's leading the people through the opposition, which was so encouraging to me because, you know, we've been talking about how Nehemiah is a picture of the spirit and um, as God is building the church, the spirit leads and guides. And I was just thinking like, man, when opposition comes, the spirit's not, not on the rails or anything. He's not up against the ropes. The Mm. spirit is engaged, leading, strengthening and building. And that was just really encouraging to me to think about. But today you talked about a few different things that we noticed with Nehemiah. And the first thing we talked about was how we must rehear God's voice. There's going to be discouragements that combat God's truths, but we have to remember 
God's word and his promises. And you'd mentioned a few different lies that we might believe and a few different truths that confront those lies. They're kind of in your application point just about, you know, things that we might hear mm-hmm. and what God says to combat those things. And I wondered if you could just take a moment and kind of walk us through some of those things that we might hear in this life that discourage us from the work ahead of us. And what kind of truths does God put into our lives from his word that would combat those lies? Yeah, totally. Yeah, thanks, Riley. I, I think for me, um, you know, this whole passage, Nehemiah chapter 4, it was actually a really hard message for me to put together. <laughs> um, I think I think really a lot of it came from, one one part of it was that earlier in the week, I was I had the beginning of a pastoral encouragement group mm-hmm. with guys that I just in, had invited, like whoever wanted to be part of it. And it was like a group of 15 pastors from all over the place. And we're meeting every six weeks throughout 2022 yeah. to um, encourage each other. And we had our first meeting earlier in the week. And I was just like kind of prepping for that, but also <laughs> like really thinking and like nervous about it because I had initiated all of it so I was having a hard Mm. time just getting my mind like settled into like deep work and Mm -hmm. study but I think part of it too was just this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible so I have a lot of thoughts about it and when you when you come to a passage like that as a pastor and teacher especially when you're trying to you know keep your time and teach thematically you know like I really do think that the book of Nehemiah is about God renewing his people so when you're trying to mind the book for that flow mm-hmm. rather than just kind of say whatever you want to say about mm-hmm. the passage. Yep. It just took some time and some discipline for me to get there. But, but the first movement, you know, there's kind of these three like waves, you know, just to, if people hadn't heard the message or just as a recap, there's like these three waves that, that happened in the first wave it's like this verbal assault right. that comes against the Israelites mm-hmm. in the form mostly of five questions that this mm-hmm. um, um, guy named Sanballat asks about the people of Israel. And in the second movement, it comes in the form of these three different ideas or speeches that people have that are just all really discouraging that kind of slow the work down from the inside. And then in the third movement, it's kind of all just Nehemiah, like positioning mm-hmm. everybody on the wall and giving weapons and you know right. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, in that first movement, you know, rehearing God's voice, kind of the, the thought of that to me is that, you know, here's Sanballat and then as a minor key, Tobiah saying these you know, terrible and insulting things about the people of Israel. I think it all stemmed from jealousy that they had for the progress. The fact that they didn't want their lives to change at all. They were in positions of power and authority over the Israelites at that point. So they kind of had it good in their relationship with Jerusalem. So they didn't want God's people to thrive because of what it was Mm going to do to their lives. And, um, So they just ask, he asks all these accusatory questions. And for me, those questions have always, like his five questions have always been to me like a great um, example of the kind of doubts and discouragements Hmm. and weird thoughts and ideas, not just that others will try to put into my mind, but that just kind of are unearthed inside of me, you know, call Mm -hmm. it spiritual warfare if you want to. I think there's a 
great spiritual warfare passage and chapter. And I do believe there's a personal Satan who in the invisible realm is trying to influence our minds along with his demonic forces. Um, but those questions are just a great example of them. So his first question, what are these feeble Jews doing? To me, that's a ridicule, a, a question that is designed to ridicule their lack of strength or their weakness. Mm -hmm. And that's a major one, you know, because, um, gosh, I mean, there's whole, like, there's whole, um, ministry strategies that almost like employ that, you totally. know, just where it's like every sermon you're just worked cause you just feel like weak and like, you gotta be stronger. You gotta mm -hmm. get it together. And, um, you know, to, to me, like a lot, of, I could have just said it like this, like a lot of the questions that they asked, um, the response could have just been for the people of Israel to be like, yeah, we know, mm -hmm. you know, we know that's true. We know we're weak. We know we don't have good materials. We know it's going to take a little while. Mm -hmm. We know all we have is a sacrificial system. But I love that first one, you know, the kind of, not that I love experiencing it, but right. it's just good to be alert to that. Like, yeah, there's going to be times where we feel weak, you know, I feel like my, my prayer life, like each morning, I think begins probably because it's the morning, you know, and I'm just tired, but I feel like this a lot, you know, just like, God, I just don't, I, I feel so weak. So, you true, know, man. I feel so yeah. weak and, and I don't think I joke, you know, about like the energy level or whatever. I just think that, you know, as people, it just, you're conscious of that a lot that you mm. do, you're just kind of up against it. You know yeah. I mean? I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a man, I'm a pastor, and all of the time, I'm just, I feel like I'm up against my own limitations. You know, it's like, I'm raising teenagers. I've never been a teenager in 2022. Right. I don't know what that's like. I don't know the answers to all hmm. the things that need to, you know, the, all the questions they have. I don't know, like, how to handle them at times, you know. It's just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I need God, you know. Yeah. Or as a pastor, you know, we're not ministering in a super simple age or time. Right. It's complex. There's lots of moving parts to a church and ministry. There's leadership stuff. There's things that, um, I might, someone might even say like, well, you you seem strong in that area, but it still takes like so much work and effort and determination. And then there's areas where I'm just not strong at all. It's just not mm -hmm. second nature in any kind of way. I'm a newbie. So, Weakness is a huge one. And then the second question he asked, will they restore the city for themselves? You know, I, I said in the teaching that this was probably them pointing out the magnitude of the project. Mm. Like, hey, that's that's a bit you're really gonna restore a whole city. Like, mm -hmm. who do you guys think you are? You're just like forty plus families, you're gonna restore a whole city. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it was them kind of questioning the motivation, like it's uh, you're going to rebuild the city for themselves, you know, like that, hmm. oh, it's all about you, you know, kind of thing. But I yeah. think it was the magnitude. And I think sometimes we feel that way too, you know, hmm. just like, not only am I weak, but I got this massive job in front of me, totally. you know, and it could be raising a kid. It could be a relational stress. It could be, you know, you're 17 years old and you're just thinking like, dude, I've been at home 
rocking the COVID game for the last two years. I've been like holed up. I've been studying online. I feel like I'm socially defunct at this point. Now I got to like go off to college or something. Like it just feels so big. How am I going to figure out what the future holds? You know, it just can feel overwhelming. And then will they sacrifice was the next question. I think to me, that question is like, oh, you think you're just going to pray it all away? You think you're just going to like, you know, offer sacrifices and your wall's going to get built? You think you're just going to worship your way to victory, you know, that kind of thing? And mm-hmm. I think as Christians, sometimes we go through that feeling, don't we? You know, of just like, gosh, you know, what, what weapons has God left me with? Like, I'm really, does prayer really work? Like singing yeah. songs to him, like worshiping, you know, like I know the worship leader gets all excited about those <laughs> stories in the old Testament where it's like, they worship before they went to war, you know, but like, <laughs> I don't know, does that really work today? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. We like have those mm-hmm. feelings, you know, and then will they finish it up in a day is, you know, clearly just mocking the pace, you know, the rhythm, totally. the speed. And I think a lot of times we feel that way, like, oh man, like, I'm trying to grow in areas that I was trying to grow in 25 years ago. <laughs> you know? totally. so like, it just feels like it's taken forever. You know, uh-huh. like sometimes I think about those early, um, you know, pre flood, you know, pre Noahic, um, characters in the Bible, you know, who lived like 900 years or whatever. Oh, I'm like, man, what was, too long. what was it like for those guys? <laughs> you know, like you're 900 years in, I'd like to think that you'd be like, you know, I've really, I've really changed a lot. Turn a corner. But somewhere. yeah, man, I'm, I'm 25 years into walking with Jesus and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I have grown a lot, but there's also some commonalities that yeah. still, you know, 25 years later, it's like, well, I'm still trying to grow in this area of my yeah. life. So at like yeah. eight, you know, it's like happy birthday, 900 candles on your cake. And you're sitting there going like, I'm still doing the same stuff I was doing when I yeah. was. 45, you know, <laughs> like that's just a, a, a funny thing to think about. But I think that we can feel that way sometimes like man, yeah. this is taking forever. And then will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? I mean, that's like really just mocking the materials that totally, they have at yeah. their disposal, you know? So it's like, oh, the pastor told me that it's really going to help me to have Christian community and to read my Bible every day and, and to go to church how is that going to really help me? You know, those are the kind of thoughts that I think Sanballat is trying to put in the minds of the people. Um, Just that, you know, this, this can't, this can't work. But the funny thing is, you know, that, that the, they, they're, and, and it's interesting to think like, how did everybody hear these? It's not like he like gave a speech. This is just him asking these questions. It seems like, he had informants that he's like, Hey, let's, I'm going to give this speech. Here's my highlights. Here's my, here's my PowerPoint presentation. Here's mm-hmm. the five main keys that I'm going to be hitting on here. And Tobias got this sweet little Fox comment that he's going to throw in as like a wrap up. And I want you to, you know, dispense this in yeah. the city. You know, mm-hmm. I want you to live tweet what totally. I'm about to right. be communicating kind of thing. And everybody heard about it. But the funny thing is like, if they weren't making progress, these attacks wouldn't come. If they mm. weren't actually getting stuff done and actually God wasn't, wow. wasn't working in their life. Like Tobiah's not asking any of this stuff. Sam Blitz not asking any of this stuff when they're just sitting on their butts doing nothing. Right. 
it's because they're making progress and God's at work in their lives that these attacks begin coming. So just right. the presence of some of those questions wow. can be an evidence like, oh man, I'm experiencing the warfare right now because God's actually doing something in my life, right. you know, but those are, I think, real significant questions that that uh, come into our minds at totally. times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with Sambala and Tobias, I mean, their questions are so audacious and in your face, you know, and sometimes in our Christian life, we get that kind of stuff from me, somebody who's really loud in our lives. But a lot of times, like these subtle lies and questions, these kind of deceptive ideas that get into our minds through media or people's conversations, whatever it might be. But to know that we have God's word to follow, fall back on to refocus yeah. is just like, because yeah. obviously Nehemiah had that understanding. He has such a intimate relationship with God's word and through prayer that he just knew like, that's nah, just all, that's all noise mm-hmm. um, with the mission in front of us. And that, that's what I was getting at with the idea yeah. of rehearing God's yeah, voice. Yeah. You know, Nehemiah prayed. He was getting attuned with God. You could say that he re-centered on, on God. He thought about God afresh. But, you know, my, my thought was just, you know, as these kind of lies are being spread in our minds or mm-hmm. in our hearts or in our souls, we need to rehear what God says. Amen. You know, like, no, you're, you're starting to think that the material you have to build your life spiritually that it's not sufficient, but I've given you everything that's needed totally. for life and godliness. Or you're thinking that this is taking forever, but instantaneously you've been made into a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I see you totally changed and totally set free and totally different. Or you're thinking that, um, you know, this is a monumental task that can never be accomplished. Like, dude, I created the world. I parted the Red Sea. I I made the first man from dust. It's not that big of a deal. I So I think kind of like, you know, getting a fresh God's vantage point is just so important when some of these words begin getting into our minds. That's just the gospel, man. That's just, that is such good news. I love that. The next thing you talked about was how we must refocus on God, and um, you, you brought up some of the different speeches that were coming against the people of Israel. Nehemiah's one speech that kind of combated those lies and everything. You talked about David and Goliath, um, some different stories from Scripture about how people needed to refocus in order to move forward in the mission that God's put in front of them. And as you were talking, I was like, man, I really am just so forgetful. I'm so forgetful. I really do need to rehear. I really do need to refocus. And as I was thinking that you brought up some different methods that God uses to help us refocus. You talked about communion and prayer and some of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to expand a bit on the refocusing component of the message, but could you also talk to us about some of the different methods that God does use to help us refocus? Yeah, mainly the WWJD bracelets. As long as it's on your wrist, man. You Both remember, wrists. Yeah. <laughs> Constant reminder. Every situation. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to do what Jesus did because I'm that. remembering that right now. No, just uh, <laughs> no. All love. All love, if that's your jam. I just remember watching Allen Iverson play a basketball game one time, and he was not a model of Christ-likeness oftentimes you know, on the floor. Yeah. Um, 
And I remember seeing him with his WWJD uh, bracelet on as he was like, I think, getting thrown out of a game by a ref or something. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you asked me, you know, what are some of the things that God uses to help refocus on us on him? You know, one that I mentioned was communion or the Lord's Supper. You yeah. Know, this is something that the Lord gave to us specifically to remember him. You know, as often as you eat of it, remember me. Uh, I mentioned the word, you know, and I tried to say, you know, when I talk about uh, remembering him in the word. It's not just like rote, um, you know, plowing through the Bible, mm-hmm. although that, that can be, you know, helpful also. Like right now I'm reading Ezekiel and I'll read just like a huge swath of it at yeah. one time uh, and then go for other passages like I'm in Matthew and I'm doing that more slowly, you know, mm-hmm. just like kind of meditating more. But uh, I think it's important to be a person that meditates on the word. There's this cool book called uh, Praying Through the Bible by Donald Whitney. And, mm. and in that, he talks about like just taking scripture and like as you're going through it, you're just like praying through different things that you see there, you know, mm. even if it's just not very like hermeneutically sound. So like, well, that's not really what it's talking about. But like, if I I just have my Bible open in front of me right now to Nehemiah four. So if I came and I'm reading, okay, there in verse two, there's a word feeble. And you just kind of go like, God, you know, I, I, I connect with that word. I feel feeble at times, or I know somebody who's feeling really weak right now or so-and-so sick right now. They're feeling feeble because they have a literal fever or COVID or something like that, you know, so I want to lift them up to you. And he just talks about like going through the Bible like that for prayer. I think that's a meditative way Mm. to pass through scripture, but uh, that's a way friendship and fellowship with, with other believers is like supposed to be a way that we remind each other of, uh, God and, you know, point out things about him, what he's doing in our lives, encourage each other. Um, and then I think, you know, the spirit's interaction with our conscience, you know, so just mm-hmm. throughout the day, if we just kind of stop at moments that the stress or anxiety, you know, picks up and just kind of take a breath and then say, you know, Lord, what are you doing right now? What are you trying to remind me of right now? Can you help me right now? I think, that can be a moment of his reminder to come into our lives. I think just kind of like doing a little bit of work too, you know, like in this situation, you had all these people that were saying all these different things. And so Nehemiah was responding to it. Like you had this group that was saying, um, you know, there's rubble. It's too, there's too much damage. We can't get this Mm -hmm. done. Then you had another group of enemies that were saying, all right, well, we're going to go straight up guerrilla warfare on you. So like, you don't even know when we're going to come, but we're going to come and we're going to attack you. And then you had another group who were, they were Jews, but they were just saying like, Hey, stop doing that. You know, just come back home. Uh, things were not perfect before, but they were better than this, you know, no hostility at least. So just like quit. And Nehemiah was processing each one of those things by remembering the Lord. So he's like, the rubble, mm. you're talking about rubble. He's remembering God. And he's like, but God, he's the one, like he made these rocks, you know, yeah, <laughs> so right. this is not a big deal. And then the guerrilla warfare thing, like, remember the Lord. God, he's the one that's <laughs> defended this city so many times in the past. He's defended God's people so many times in the past. So I think we got that one. And then the whole like just come back home and have peace kind of thing. He's like, remember the Lord. The Lord 
you know, Moses called God a man of war. I had yeah, somebody, I had right, somebody rebuke right. me for that one time. They're like, are you sure you really <laughs> want to call God a man of war? I was like, I just was quoting from Exodus. <laughs> so sorry. You know, Moses called him that. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, he, he just was like processing the situations that were being thrown out at him through the grid of God. So that, I think that's another way too, not just like mm. little things that remind us of God, but like, as we're looking at the different things that are out there, we're trying to pass through the filter of who is God as we look at the stuff that we're stressed about. Hmm. I love that, man. It's so good. I want to keep this going and kind of wrap up with you with this last point because um, the last point is about re-engaging along with God and there was something about this point Nate that really struck me because you're talking about how you know God is fighting for us but we are also commissioned to fight you're talking about Nehemiah and how he was commissioning the people to like take up arms to Mm -hmm. have a weapon on them but they were they weren't like on the offensive, it seemed. They were defending, but people were working, people were guarding, people were sleeping, people were guarding. There was this like, we're continuing the work, but we're protecting what we're doing as well. Right. They believed God was with them, God was for them, but there was this very unique kind of partnership where they believed like, God is with me, but I do still need a sword on me. And I feel like, you know, in my life, and I know maybe for some other people that, sometimes like feels like our faith is a bit more passive and not as active and defensive. I was just thinking about, you know, people building the wall and I was thinking about me building my faith, my part in building the church. Sometimes I just expect God to do all the work and like I'm here, but not really to do the work more just to experience it. And I wondered if you had any thoughts about someone who's maybe like in my shoes who wants to engage more, but doesn't really know exactly where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to that person who just like knows like, okay, God has commissioned me to work, to build the church, but I've been in this mode where I'm just trying to receive so much. So like, mm-hmm. where do I begin to yeah. enact my faith, re-engage with God? Yeah. I mean, I know, I think I know why you're, why you connect with this particular point. And I think part of it is that you've ministered for a lot of years now to young adults and you've mm-hmm. probably seen and had a lot of these kind of conversations. Totally. Like where, where does like, do, do I have to do anything? Like do, yeah. just, mm-hmm. I, I think, don't I just want God to do it all? You know? So your question, like at what point do I, you know, I, I, I stop receiving. Don't ever stop receiving. Don't ever stop. So for these people, Nehemiah's deal was, hey, you, you got your spear. Hey, you, you got the sword. Hey, you, you wear the armor. Hey, you, you stand in that gap. Hey, you, you're on guard right now. And and then at the end of that, he's like, and our God will fight for us. Hmm. So if we get attacked and you use your spear and you use your sword and you defend that gap, we do all that. And at the hmm. end, when after we win, you know what we're going to say? God fought for us. God that. did it. You received his power his might, his ability to get that job done. You're not going to be sitting there saying, you know, it was like a 50-50 proposition. Like I did my part and God did his part. You're going to be sitting there at the end of it going, God did all that. God put in me the will to fight. God gave me the ability to do this. God gave me success as I was doing it. God is the one who did all of that. So, you know, I'm 20, um, 
three years into serving here in this church, you know, so now I feel like I'm just getting started in so many ways. And I honestly just look back and I feel like every single thing, every fruitful thing that has come out of my life up to this point has been by God's grace and it has been all entirely God working. There's been a lot of sweat and long hours and energy and thought and prayers and study and writing and determination and travel and you know all these different things but I just look back and it just doesn't feel like I got that done God fought for me you know so like Paul said to the Philippian church you know it is God who puts in you the will to work so you you stretch out your faith you do the thing but it's God doing it inside of you so uh, I was just trying to frame that out in the teaching you know and I, hopefully I was clear enough about it you know that it's like hey it really isn't like we're gonna partner with God Nehemiah didn't have that feeling he was he didn't say our God will do his part he didn't say our God will fight his part of the battle he just said our God will fight for us he, he just, but there was just nothing in his mind that made him think, so we're just going to kick it. No, <laughs> he, he thought we're involved in this. So God heal my marriage. All right, get involved, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, love your wife, figure out how to sacrifice, figure out how to care for her and love her as Christ Love the church. Figure out what stuff bugs her about you. Figure out what sacrifices you need to make. Figure out what habits and and hobbies you need to give up. You know, God, I want my finances to get in order. All right. Start figuring out how to have a budget and how to plan and how to think through how to make more money. Like start thinking about how to be content and live Mm. off of less. Start thinking about those things. You know, God, I... I want to have a good relationship with my kids. All right. Think about how to not be a pain in the butt towards them. Think about how to be a blessing to them. And rather than taking and trying to get yours all the time, think about how you can add value Mm -hmm. to their lives and serve them and be a blessing to them and about where they're coming from. And then when all of that is done, step back and say, God fought for me. Amen. God helped me. You know, it wasn't you doing it yourself. It's God's energy, strength, might, supply. So there's obviously a way to do all this stuff with your own fleshly energy. But then there's got to be a way to do this stuff in the power of the Spirit. So having that conviction that, you know, God is employing me in this. God wants to use me in this, I think is vital in the Christian life. So re-engaging with him. We pray that today's discussion has blessed you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us. Until next time, God bless.